Hey everyone, it's Rich Bennett, host of Conversations with Rich Bennett, bringing you an exciting chance to win with our latest giveaway sponsored by Tar Heel Construction Group. Get ready to make a splash just by tuning into the podcast. Yes, you heard that right. While you're soaking up our latest episodes, listen closely for a special splash sound. When you hear it, remember the episode name. Here's what you do next. Shoot us an email at podcast at harfordcountyliving.com with the episode title. Each splash sound means a new chance to win. So the more you listen, the better your chances. If you don't have email, then just leave a voicemail from our website at conversationswithrichbennett.com. What's the prize? How about a brand new waterproof Bluetooth speaker? Perfect for listening to our episodes, whether you're in the bath, on the beach, in the pool or on the go. You have until the end of May to send in your entries and we'll announce the lucky winner on June 3rd. Don't miss out on this splashy opportunity brought to you by Tar Heel Construction Group. Dive into our episodes and win big. At the end of each podcast episode, I'm going to recommend a podcast that somehow or another ties into this episode. So please listen to the whole episode of the podcast because I guarantee you, Podcast I recommend you're going to love. Pets. A majority of us love them. You think about it when they start out as a little kitten or a puppy, and then we have to get them trained. And then as they get older and we go away, we need a sitter or somebody to take care of them. Then unfortunately, when it gets older and it's that time to cross over the Rainbow Bridge, but they bring so much warmth and they're part of the family. Well, in this episode, I have three young ladies that I'm going to sit down and talk to that we're going to basically go through those three stages from birth to training to growing up and to that day they go over to Rainbow Bridge. Enjoy the conversation. Coming to you from the Freedom Federal Credit Union Studios, Harford County Living presents Conversations with Rich Bennett. Come on, you're faster than with me. Guys. Oh man, you already on, said it. I was gonna ask her. She remembered the date. I have three young ladies here today, and don't worry, Nicole, we're not gonna make you sing. And we're gonna go around the table. I have Dr. Shannon, Kathy, right, and Nicole. So three different pet companies, but work together. So let's start to my left. Dr. Shannon, go ahead. The floor is all yours. Tell everybody who you are, about your business. Okay, um, Dr. Shannon Skabakis. I'm a veterinarian, and I um, own uh, my eternal. I own Eternal Paw Prints Veterinary Hospice. Uh, so basically, I do end of life care in the home. I come to your home and I help with hospice and um, for terminally ill and geriatric pets. And then when it's time for to euthanize and say goodbye, I also handle that. And what's your website? My website is myeternalpawprints.com. I'm Kathy Forthman. I'm the owner and lead trainer of Polite Pooch's Positive Dog Training, and I offer um, group classes and private dog training in Hartford County and parts of Baltimore County. Um, and my website is www.politepooches.com. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nicole Wilson. I own your pet au pair. It's a Dog walking and pet sitting company serving Bel Air and the surrounding areas. And the website's <laughs> belairopair.com. 
So I, I didn't see. I thought you did sitting too, but you're training. Training. So this is cool. So three different things, or th three different things, three different types of companies. But you guys do a lot of stuff together. Or well, we have similar clients. Of. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. I mean similar clients. In other words, when I say doing stuff together, or I guess referring other. Yes, we refer. Okay. And I have actually used Dr. Shannon's services for my own dogs. Oh, really? Kind yeah. of good and bad. Unfortunately, <laughs> I had to. Right. Um, but that's how we met initially. Yeah. That's how we met with um, with her. one of her. She does poodles. Yeah. I had three dogs that we lost in 15 I, months. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 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 That was about a year. Yep. Um, so I can speak to her services as a client, but also as a colleague because yep. um, I've used her services. Well, when, and when I talked to you, it was the Chamber Podcast yeah. you did because um, I've never heard of that service before. Right. That's the first time. It's like, where were you years ago when I knew <laughs> you? Know, yeah. They I mean, they've been around for a while. You mean just the type the of service, service? The type yeah. of service? Yeah. The the previous um, the previous veterinarian in business that was in this area it was very, very word of mouth. Mm -hmm. she, yeah. she didn't do that. And that's um, uh, Dr. Um, Kathy Martin with Better Endings. She did a lot of word of mouth. She didn't do a lot of, um, she was out of Darlington and she, um, she didn't do a lot of marketing or advertising or things like that. Cause she'd, she'd been working in general practice and mobile for right. a while already. So she kind of already had a client base looking for her anyway. So she just kind of did that. Um, so it was definitely very word of mouth. Had you used her before? That's how I got your name was from Dr. Martin. So Dr. Yeah. Martin was, we had used her for our bunny. Oh, okay. That, yeah. We had a bunny that lived in the house like a cat was litter trained and not many people will come out and work with bunnies and it was a rainy Saturday night and our bunny started having a stroke. She was 12 what? and she came out, Dr. Martin, on a rainy Saturday night and I didn't want to put the bunny through the stress of taking her to the emergency vet and uh, God bless her, she came out on a rainy Saturday night and put her to sleep in our house while we held her. Yeah. Wow. And then she retired and gave me Dr. Shannon's name when it came time for our dogs to, you know, for us to say goodbye to our dogs in one at a time. COVID. Yeah, in the middle of COVID. Right? <laughs> Wow. That's got to be make it a lot easier, though, I mean, to have somebody come to your house oh, and do it's it. it's night and day. Yeah. Night and day. So much more peaceful for the animal. Right. I tell my clients it's the best gift you can give your animal at the end of their life. Yeah. Well, and I, th I would think, especially if you have kids in the house, too. Yeah. You know, to have everybody around. Right. Because I know, like, if my dog, and I told Dr. Shannon this, I had to meet my sister-in-law at the vet. And then my sister-in-law would take the dog. I couldn't even go in. And afterwards, I felt bad. Right. But, you know, if I would have had, if she was around then, right. I would have had her come to the house because it, it, I know it's probably hard on my son as well. Because I got the dog when my son was, both of them were the same age. Right. Yeah, but. Uh, well, I think wow. people should look at it from the animal's perspective. Yeah. What's less stress on the animal to be in their home? My dogs were on their comfy dog bed, and they ate their favorite food, and they just drifted off to La La Land like they would have when they had surgery right. to get spayed or neutered. It's no different. Yeah. But there was no stress. Well, and then the first one I did, the first Hershey. Lacey. Lacey, Lacey sorry. I always forget. Okay. Yeah. Um, your other two were bonded with her. Yeah. And so we wanted to make sure that they understood as well what was happening. Right. Um, and it helps them with any grief versus... You, you take and there's nothing wrong with the clinic and I've said this before uh, it's just it's just the whole procedure of it all 
when you take a pet away from their home mm -hmm. and then you never come back with them, the other pets can freak out, especially if they're a really big bonded mm -hmm. group or things like that. So, so now you, you haven't used her though, right, Nicole? Not for, not personally. Not she personally. hasn't. Yeah, okay. Would I have not? Dr. Death can stay away. <laughs> <laughs> but you say that lovingly, right? Yes, absolutely say that lovingly. I love Shannon. <laughs> So, I mean, you've referred people? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. I do all the time. So the way all the time, but yeah. yeah. So the way Nicole and I met was because it was the height of COVID, and I just started, I just started a business, so I didn't know how much business I was going to get. I wanted to do a, another form of income, but I didn't want to go back into the clinic. I didn't want to mm -hmm. be a veterinarian for my second form of income. Um, and I had done pet sitting as a technician and in vet school. Um, and so I was like, oh, let me just see who's around. And I, I found Nicole's um, website and she was fear free certified like I am. And so and so is Kathy. Um, but I like that. I liked her website. So I contacted her and I said, hey, this is me, you know, blah. And so <laughs> we um, we met and I don't think we talked. About, I think we talked about everything else except we talked about ivy and yeah you're cat. throwing up all the time <laughs> but we hit it off and so and so i i pet sit for her pet really? sit, I, I work for her on the side just earning extra money here how many and there. people do you have work because you she's you got a lot par is working with you right or was he doesn't work he he stopped at the beginning of covid oh he did yeah what but I know. He was great, though. I really liked him a lot. <laughs> I know. But how, how many you have working with you now? It's like 24. Really? But like five of them are like kind of like Shannon, very super part-time. and yeah. Wow. Did you ever think you would, you would grow it like that? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you had the business now? Uh, almost three and a half years. No. Yeah. That's it? Yep. I thought it was longer than that. No. Feels like it. It does feel like <laughs> <laughs> Three and a half years and you've grown it that much. Yeah. You <clears> know, you as gone... bad as COVID was, <laughs> it was actually a good for, for a lot of pet sitting businesses. Some didn't make it, but for others, we've thrived. Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody got dogs. You know, COVID, and babies. COVID puppies. You know? <laughs> Dogs and babies were big. How many yeah. COVID puppies? Oh, still. We're still yeah. getting them. Yeah. yeah. Really? We're still getting them. Yeah. It, it's just every time you turn around, it's like you feel, I feel like sometimes I'm like, I'm good. Right. I'm good for right now. I have enough people. And then I'll get like this influx of midday clients. And I'm like, okay, back to more hiring. Wow. And it's. It's like this cycle. It's my worst. I hate it. I hate interviewing. I hate <laughs> going through applications. I so I was so an much. HR person in my former life. I was a recruiter for 25 years. So There you go. So, so you understand so you, what that's, that's all, all I used to do. If, if you need to hire anybody, let Kathy do yeah. it for you. <laughs> hey, Kathy, you want to go that through these applications for, for me? <laughs> well, Kathy, how long have you had your business? Um, almost 15 years. Really? Mm -hmm. But I started slow. Like, it was really part-time. Like, I was doing one class a week. And then I added another class. And then I just did, built Did you always have a, a, a place, though? No. A I location? Used, no, I've only op I opened my facility a year ago. So she has an actual location oh, now where really? she's housing classes. So I used to sublease at another business for years, just by the hour for classes. Right. 
kind of here and there. And then last year I opened my own facility. But um, So, and you do strictly training? Training, and then I do some behavior consulting. But I don't call myself a behavior consultant because you really can't do that in the United States unless you have a Ph.D. in animal behavior or you're a veterinary behaviorist. What? It's a skink. It's a little, oh, uh, little well, lizard. It, look, it wants you to pet sit it. I will pet. Is it a broadhead or a blue tail? I have a couple of ladies who are experts in the reptile world. They I stay away. The That's nice. They still give me the creeps. <laughs> hey, would you rather get one of them I don't or a snake? I had like a red face. Is that a red nose? Did it have a blue tail? I didn't notice. That. It's a broadhead. Oh, you would have noticed a blue tail the because door, it, the threshold of the door doesn't meet. They can come in and out. No, I, I got most of it. It was probably already there. He went out. I, I took care of him, Nicole. You're good. Thanks. <laughs> I could just see me sitting here with my foot on the ground and then like, <laughs> like, 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 like this I was like, oh, look, there's a lizard. I'm so excited. I'm totally putting my feet up here now. Me. I'm just like, whatever. Oh if it was God, a big a... bug, I would have been like, uh, so I have, you know, in Arizona and in Florida, there are a lot of geckos, and so yeah. I'm cool with it. Like, mm -hmm. so, but I haven't seen, what did you, it was a skink? They're skinks. A skink. yeah. I haven't yeah. seen skinks yet. So. Yeah, we get, there. there's a lot more this year than there has been in the past, which is also bringing out the snakes. Oh, okay. Because I, there are, I think the black snakes, snakes I think yes. black snakes do, which I had to laugh because I, I, opened, I opened my front door the other day, and I look, I'm like, Oh, okay. So I called my daughter. I said, Grace, come here, hurry up, look. And so I got a concrete patio and then the rose bushes on the other side of the concrete patio. And there's a black snake. What's my daughter do? She looks, runs down, gets her mother real quick. I'm getting ready to go out to get the thing. And my wife's like, no, 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 I got to get a picture. I said, no, I need to get rid of it. No, I want to get a picture. So my wife, of course, had to take a picture. At this time, the snake is crawling towards my steps, towards the porch. <laughs> I knew where he was going. And uh, she's like, oh, my God, don't let him go under the steps. I said, well, it's kind of late. Man. This my, my daughter said my knuckles were white because he started going under the steps. I grabbed this tail. I am pulling. It's about three or four foot long. Sitting there pulling like crazy. Could not get him out. I had to let him go under the steps. Three lives. Yeah. Probably. She goes, that means there's mice. Yeah, but he's eating the mice. He yeah. could be eating a frog or the skinks. I said, I haven't seen any skinks lately. Yeah. And then my my next door neighbor, <laughs> the following day, Our posted bunnies. his, uh, what do you call it, the doorbell camera? The ring. 9.55 at night. It was the neatest video. You just see this snake slithering the tongue coming out. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, did you let him in? He said, No. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we get them in, the, in my neighborhood all the time. My neighbors always know that <laughs> if anybody's got a snake, either call me or Brian, and we'll come and get them. Oh, yeah, we, we don't, don't kill them. I mean, we have you neighbors can. that kill them. Don't kill them. They kill yeah. the mice. Right. As long as they're, they're yeah. not Just poisonous, they're fine. Else, right? my, oh, well, I wasn't doing that. My wife got upset when she found out what I was doing with them. Because if my neighbors had them, I would bring them and put them in our backyard. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be divorced if I well, I'll take I bring them up here now, or I'll take them down the Mariner. That's so, so funny. <laughs> you you mentioned something uh, fear free certified. Fear free, yeah. Fear free what certified. Is that? So it it's this um, 
movement that has gone through, it started in the veterinary profession. Um, it started with uh, Dr. Marty Becker and his daughter, who's also a behaviorist, and a few other be- other people. And it was basically to, um, he recognized that as veterinarians, we're supposed to advocate for um, the pets and um, we're not doing a good job if they're scared to come to the clinic. If we freak them out their whole young life, now they're when they really need it, when we when they get sick and they're older and yada yada, families are not bringing them in. And so we're we're missing a gap and we're not doing the service that we need to from a medical care standpoint or a preventative care standpoint. You know, they right. won't get their shots, they're not getting their blood work, they're not getting dental cleanings, yada yada yada. So he recognized that and he said we, what are we doing? We're basically giving our patients PTSD. Um, and that's not mm. what we what we took an oath for. Right. Um, and so he started this fear-free certification, and it was originally to train veterinarians and veterinary staff on positive reinforcement-type handling and getting pets to be okay and fear-free and not have fear-associated stress at the veterinary clinic. And then huh. it, it it became it did so well in the veterinary profession, and that other people in the pet industry in the pet world wanted to be part of that. So trainers, um, pet sitters, groomers, and so everybody goes through um, a certification, and then they have to pay. It's a it's a they have to pay for a membership. They have to keep it up. They have to go through it, and then they go through um, training to learn ways on keeping. Uh, helping pets that are regular pets or especially pets who are, have a lot of anxiety. Right. So how do you handle, how do you get a dog out of a crate who doesn't want to come out? How do you handle, how do you walk a dog that is um, dog reactive, other dog reactive? Yeah. How do you, you know, help a pet with separation anxiety or in, you know, in my situation, you know, as a veterinarian, how do you do a nail trim without them freaking out? So you don't have to do any hard restraint or muzzling and things like that. So how's that work with like, you know, the, the pet owners? Because like when I had my dog, she was a rescue. Mm-hmm. I could not have her around any other type of animal whatsoever. And I was afraid to take her to That's because there's other animals. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And she would go ballistic. Right. And so the first thing to do is to definitely talk to your veterinarian and mention that if they don't already know that information. Because we can't help you help your pet before you even come to the clinic or before you go to wherever if you don't tell them. So that's the first step. And then they can... They can do certain things. And and I hate... You know, people don't want to give their dogs drugs to drug them or sedate them or to whatever... But they're anti-anxiety medication. So mm-hmm. if we can take away their anxiety, who wouldn't want to take away their... Who wouldn't want any anxiety taken away? And to right. feel happy and to feel wonderful and to feel safe. I mean, that's really why these pets behave the way they do is because they're scared out of their mind. And so we want them to feel safe. And so there's nothing wrong. If, if drugs work, great. Yeah. Why not? Um, so, if you know, and it's it, it depends on the pet... Um, and Kathy, jump in here as a trainer. Um, but some pets, it's bring them into the clinic when they're not getting anything done to get a treat, just to say hi. It's called a happy visit. And happy visits, right. Really? Yeah, especially when they're puppies or kittens. They just come in so they get used to it. Have your cat in the carrier and drive around <laughs> so that they're used to being in the carrier. Have your dog in the car and go to different places, not just to the clinic, because 
Yeah, they know. They know if you go down this way and turn left. I mean, they may not know you're turning left, but they, they can tell the routes. And some so, doctors ought to try that with people. I know. <laughs> so, um, but it's, for, for some dogs, the only time they go in the car is to go to the vet or the right. runner. Right. Yeah. So it predicts something bad or scary. And they ha- it's literally PTSD. And wow. so, yeah. And so, um, so you start out with that. You, you can do, um, you, like I said, drugs if you need to. But it starts at the home. And 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 how to and you and a conversation with the owners of how do you uh, how do you get your pet into the car and then into into the clinic if you're doing a clinic visit. Yeah. Yeah. And I just had this conversation with a client who their dog is fine with people in the clinic, but when it sees other dogs, it kind of goes ballistic. And um, it's a lot of it's management, like simple as just staying in the car until it's your dog's turn. Just telling the the vet staff, you know, we're here, but. We're not coming in till you tell us you're ready for us. Because that way you're not in the lobby, which is the lobby is a high-stress area if right. your dog doesn't like other dogs. Right? Take treats. So you're giving your dog, you know, a stuffed Kong while they're in the car waiting for their turn. So they're licking, like, spray cheese in a Kong while they're in the car waiting for their turn. Maybe you gave them the medication Dr. Shannon was talking about, which is usually short-acting. It only stays in their system for three hours. So they're chill when they get to the vet for the visit. They go in. They walk through. They don't have to wait long. They're in the exam room. They leave. Um, so it just makes it, it's a little bit of pre-planning on the owner's part. That's what Fear Free is all about. It's like just making it less stressful for the dog or cat or bunny. <laughs> or bunny. Or bird. But now, but with you, you're strictly dogs and cats, right? Right. And, Kathy, and end of life, strictly dogs right. and cats. <laughs> and now with Kathy, with you, with training, strictly dogs, dogs. only. I was gonna say you really can't train a cat. You, you can. can. You can. Get out of fact, here. one of my one of the animal behaviorists that's a PhD in the area just reached out. She's like, "Do you want to learn how to do behavior work with cats?" And I'm like, "Sorry, but no." <laughs> you can. You can. Have you you see Not cats on thing. commercials, yeah. right? How do you think they get the cats to do what they do? They're trained. Computer generated. No. It's the Look, same. Look, every way you train cat dogs. I've ever met just looks at you like. If hey. you can train, <laughs> if, if you can, if if you if we can train lions, tigers, right. bears. <laughs> Killer whales, you right. can train a cat. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And the thing is with cats is they will test your they will test your boundaries the whole time. Where dogs are like, okay, I learned it, and then they'll have it for a while. Cats are like, no, you want me to do what? You're going to have to get me to do it. It's well, just a, it's a mean, different they're, they're, way they are. You have to what motivates them. That's yeah. the key. They're yeah. completely different because dogs, right. you come home, they're happy to see you. <laughs> My cats are happy My to cats see, are happy yeah, to see me. Like yeah. Dogs. Oh, oh, yeah. My cat kisses on command. Yeah, so you trained her. She cat. does. <laughs> she does. I'll be like, Ivy kisses, and she'll break into my nose. All right, so you have one of those very few cats that... Oh, my cat loves no. it when I come home. She, if, really? Yeah, when I come home, she'll come down, and if I come into the house to go to the bathroom and go back out to grab something out of the car, she's down there going like, no, no, like, where did you go? You were just here. Why did you just, like, you're home. Yeah. She, yeah. Maybe I need to try getting a cat as a pet then. You need Maybe. a dog. A cat I mean, like I'll a dog. cat sit my neighbor, and they, I go over here, and the cats like are like... Dog. What are you doing here? You know, the one will come up and see me. The other one, uh, where's my food? That's it. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's, there's, just like dogs, cats have a range of, of personalities. Right. There's cat-cat yeah. where they're just, they're just chill. They're kind of like the one that you're talking about. That's why I call a cat-cat. They're more like a real, a regular cat. Whereas what we're talking about, you know, when we bring cats Adult into the, cat. 
Yeah, dog cat. <laughs> it's a dog cat, cat dog, whatever. But you know, we have to remember when we take these animals, dog or cat, otherwise, we're bringing them in when they're puppies or kittens, and so our what we're trying to the personality that we're trying to capture is really that um, younger version. Right. And so when you, depending on when you get them and what, you know where they're from and blah blah blah, you a lot of that personality can stay, um, but. You know, it's like if you if you adopt an older cat who wasn't hand who wasn't you know like say a year or whatever outside or whatever they're going to be more of a cat cat because they haven't had that human right. interaction all the time. I mean, my cat was a kitten. I was taking her. I was holding her. I was rubbing on her. I was rolling her over. I wanted her to be used to like manhandling is the wrong word, but <laughs> playing. Play, yeah, but I wanted yeah. her to be used to like just. Right. You know all those things. I'm sorry, I, was got, I got to see You're her laughing, Nicole. She's just keep, her feet have not She's touched looking, the floor since that scene. Matt and Nicole, you, you want you, me to scream like a girl? Something like crawls over top my feet? It won't be so. Fun. You don't do pet sitting for reptiles, I'm guessing. I have staff that. <laughs> <laughs> she does not do it, but she has staff to do it. I have I have one client that has. Two cats and a snake, and you know, Ooh, midweek nice. during you know the thing, we have to like give the snake water and its little thing. I can manage that. That's that's okay, and that snake stays in its little hiding it place. It doesn't it's move. fine. Yeah. Right. But the couple other snakes we've had, I'm like, um, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Do the snake owners, do they have you take, well, not you, I guess maybe you have one of your people do, take the snakes outside or anything? You really don't want to. No. no. Well, my snake, when I had my snake, she, he loved going outside. I mean, that's your snake, though. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah, kind of the same with, with, with pet sitting. <laughs> and we have cats that are indoor-outdoor. We don't do outdoor cats. <laughs> right. Because there's... They can get lost on our watch or not come back or they don't come back when we're there, you know? And it's just like, nope, we're not doing that. Let me clarify something first with my snake. I did not put him outside and then leave. Okay. I would put him outside Uh and, yeah, just. With a leash on him. No, he would come to me. A little snake. I could call him. I I would say, come here, Jordy, and he would would come to me. What kind of snake was it? It was a Columbia red-tailed boa. I had to get rid of it because when I had my dog, the dog kept wanting to eat the snake. The snake yeah. wanted to eat the dog. My father wouldn't come in the house. I so. guess my only... was constrict. That's they do what constrict. they do. Yeah. So it wanted to wrap itself around your dog's neck and kill it slowly and painfully. Probably. <laughs> Just like my dog wanted to eat. Like I said, because my dog was a rescue. And it, I could not have... No, your dog is too big, though. It was a sharp A. Well, for the snake. Yeah. The well, snake. back then, Yes. Uh, not when that snake got bigger, and I, I gave it to a friend of mine because he was eating. Like, How big do they get? Uh, last when I talked to uh, a friend of mine, it was seven foot. Yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, that's so, and some of them can get bigger. It all depends on what you feed them. But which I'm glad I got rid of him at well, the time. How big around was it? Probably about this round. With, now, with or feet, without food in him. Seven feet. Seven feet, probably a good half a foot diameter. Oh, yeah. oh, easy. He was pretty, though. Sure. <laughs> Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? That's why I said sure. So, well, so 
in, in, in terms of fear-free, though, I'm bringing us back. Fear-free um, snakes? Yeah, fear-free <laughs> snakes. How does, Nicole, you can tell us about how fear-free works as a sitter. Well, when I became fear-free certified, it was before they had the pet sitter course. Right. Um, so I took your course, and there was lots of it that has nothing to do with pet sitting whatsoever. Like, I had to take the whole medication course. Like, I don't need to know that stuff how to prep your clinic, you know, <laughs> all these things I didn't need to know. But the main reason why I did it is we had animals that would come through, mostly dogs, that I didn't really know how to communicate with. I didn't mm -hmm. know how to recognize that they were fearful. I got bit a couple times because I didn't know what I was doing. And... Um, that was my biggest motivator was like, how do I recognize this? How do I approach them so that I'm not causing them more fear and getting bit again? Right. Um, so for, for, for me personally, that was my biggest thing is like, how can I approach these dogs so that they're not afraid of me and I can calm them, get them outside. And there were times where I couldn't get them out of their crates. And, you know, I wasn't stupid enough to reach my, you know, body into right. the crate while they're crouched in the back shaking. But, like, what do you do? So I had to, I had to learn those things that they weren't things that I knew. And wow. it, it was very informative. It really was. And then when they came out with the pet sitter course, I took that one. And that one was, you know specific for us and that even taught me even more about how to um, handle them in ways that I didn't really know even from taking that yeah. course because they're not out walking the dogs you know what I mean so their whole thing was what do you do in the, the clinic in the clinic and yeah. then her course was about training mine was you know how do you take care of them how do you get them to eat when they're scared you know, so it was a lot. What made you decide to get into that? Because if I'm going into pet sitting and the first few dogs bite me, I'm going to have second thoughts. <laughs> Seriously. You know, I mean, the first dog that bit me, I'd been in business about five months, and I had had that dog for pet sitting before, and he was lovely. Right. You know, he liked me. He was very sweet. Um. And a couple months later, they wanted to board him. As soon as the dad left my house, he completely anxious. So, you know, I kind of tried mm. to let him be a little bit. I took him on a lot of walks. The next morning, I took him for a very long walk. I went out to go do a couple of visits. Came back, and he's in my window, staring at my window. And I was like, oh, baby. And you could tell he was so Scared. anxious. and. I went and I sat down next to him and wrong move. Like I I, I wanted to that. I wanted to like comfort him. Yeah. Like I would a human, but he wasn't a human. He didn't want my comfort. So wow. he gave me a warning shot right in my face. <laughs> and what kind of dog was it? Just a mixed breed. He was a sweet dog. Like and I was not mad or upset. Right. It was it was more <laughs> what I did wrong than what he did wrong. Yeah. And that was kind of my thing. It was like, all right, well, I obviously did the wrong thing there. So after the course, 
what did you learn? What, what should you have done? Because I would have done the same thing. Give him a space. Give huh. him a space. You know, give, you know, come close, talk to him. Don't give him direct eye contact. Give him some treats. Continue the walking. But, yeah. Don't give him direct eye contact? Why is that? It's really intimidating to a dog. Really? And stare directly at them. Yeah. So when you when I work with dogs that are fearful, which most aggression is coming from fear, 99% of aggression is from fear. Right. There's very few truly aggressive dogs that are out looking for a fight. It's coming from fear. When I work with them, you always avert your gaze. You don't look straight at them. It's really scary. You stare at a dog, they're going to be like, holy crap. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. Because um, you're you're wanting up each other, so if you're right. thinking in, in a natural when you look world, at two dogs stare, do a stare down. That's going to be a problem. Yeah, right. Because you you got to think about it is we got to look in the animal world, right? So we got to go back to basics of instinct and and survival instinct, and it's it's fight or flight. So if they're going to stand their ground, they're going to stare at each other and stand their ground. And somebody's it's either going to be fight or flight. Right. There's yeah. either going to be a fight or somebody's going to leave. And the problem is, is that if somebody, I always make a joke about my dog because I love our dog, Apollo. He is great. He's a pit bull mix and he does have a few dogs that he'll get along with, but he's definitely, he's a dog that doesn't have good dog manners. He's dog selective. (laughs) Well, and we have to introduce him in a certain way. And I say that in the sense that he really wants to meet a lot of dogs. He just doesn't know how to behave with other dogs. He doesn't have good social skills. He does not have good social skills. So what ha- I've seen him do it is they'll stare down and he'll he'll be so excited to see them and he gets into their face and he gets into their personal space and the other dog's ears are all back, which is like, whoa, what are you doing? Why are you here? They're definitely giving signals. And he's like, I'm just so happy to see you. And then the other dog kind of goes, you know, and s- kind of snaps at the, at him. And then he's like, oh, you want to fight? And he just wants to go <laughs> because he doesn't have good dog manners. He doesn't know how to be. But that's an example of how dogs are and so if you do have a fear and it, like Kathy said I always tell families animals in order for them to do anything that's high energy it has to be worth it right worth it whether it's going and finding a mate right or um going and finding food or defending your territory that's a lot of energy to put into whatever you're doing so it's got to be worth it so why would a dog or a cat be a jerk just to be a jerk they don't care about that it doesn't give them there's no benefit it doesn't come back to them and benefit them in any way so but to but for so that's why you know most aggression is fear because they're trying to now it may be inappropriate right it may not make sense it may be what i mean inappropriate is a dog in 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 nicole's case you know most happy dogs wouldn't be in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it was inappropriate in the sense that a happy dog would have been fine with her sitting there. But that right. dog was probably what's called trigger stacked. There was so many things going on, going yeah. on. It's like piled up on top. So like, it's just, like an electric just charge. The dad being gone wouldn't have done it, but you know, dad being gone, she plus left a bunch for a few other, hours. Left, it was like new house, new smell, all yes. things. And then, on and then she just kind of like, yep. And, had enough. and then she sat <laughs> in his personal space. And that was it. That and, and it wasn't like he tried to bite her. It no, was, it was a warning. It was shot. like yeah. it was like, hey, get out of my way. And they no, never bite. They never bite without yeah. warning either. You, Most you of the probably time, probably just didn't see it. 
no, that point, I didn't now know, you know because you've been doing it longer. Yeah, I didn't they know never the bite signs. without warning. There's always a warning sign. Well, and the thing is, it's like it's, as a human, if we were going to be, if, if we we have to realize that animals, they use their mouths, to, and, and I mean mouths not to vocalize necessarily, although they will bark and things like that, right. but they use their mouth to also say, hey, stop. Whereas or, if we were a human, it would be like, hey, knock it off, and we'd slap somebody or tap somebody, or we would use our hand. They use their mouth. And so if... In oh. Nicole's situation, it got her face. I had a client with that I had to euthanize the pet, and the the I didn't realize on top of the fact, but the guy had um, like a bandage on his face, and the dog had was very painful, and the owner didn't understand that, and he went to go pick up this dog, this 50 pound dog, pick up his dog, and his face happened to be close to the dog's face, and the mm-hmm. dog went hey like that, and went to go like just move his head and and bark at him. Well. When you go and bark and your face is by their face, right. you're going to get bit. Whether it, he meant to, t- I don't think he really meant to bite his owner. It just, circumstances right. being where they were, body parts were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and that's, a, I mean, I would say a lot of, a lot of dog bites in general happen to be pain related, food related. And I had, a, I don't know, I had a really good veterinary behaviorist explain most Dog bites with children is over food. I think like or kid, space or space or, personal yeah, space. Yeah. The, the kids coming up and trying kid, to hug yes. the dog. Right, the dog's like, you know. But when yeah. it comes to food, it's like if somebody was gonna, if you had a plate of your favorite food, you had a chocolate you know, cake Ruth or Chris whatever. Steak. Yeah. Oh and yeah, they, you try to take my steak. Exactly. I'm gonna bite you. That's right. <laughs> exactly. But that's exactly what happened. You're gonna take your steak knife. <laughs> so, no, so not to digress about that, but I just had this conversation with somebody. People read crazy stuff on the internet. They have a large breed. They have a Rottweiler, and they read on the internet. Well, we were we read that we should be playing with our dog's food as a puppy and taking the food and giving it back. And now what? we're having a problem. The dog's nine months old. It's a Rottweiler, and we can't come near him when he's eating. And I'm like, that's because of what you've been doing for the last six months. Yeah. Would you mind if somebody would hand you food and take uh... it back or touch your food? When you're hungry, you've just created that problem. Stop doing that. Now yeah. we got to undo all that. Yeah. You should have never, ever done that. Dogs should be left alone when they're eating. Yeah, especially here, Roddy. Period. Any dog. <laughs> any dog. Any dog. Yeah. Any dog. Yeah. Any, any person, dog, whatever, should be left alone when they're eating. Yeah, and right. kid, kids have a hard time with that. I have a crazy question. Because apparently you all learned this because you had to. And, I mean, I had dogs all my life up until... Years ago, ten years, whatever it was, when I wasn't around. Yes, <laughs> but is I mean, do you teach the owners this stuff, or can the owners go somewhere to learn this stuff? Because I, I never knew you had you don't look dead into a dog's eyes. You, I, you hear I, the things. I often will talk to like when I go to meet clients. Mm-hmm. I'll often talk to their children. Because I'll notice how their children are interacting with the dogs. And I'll be like, let me show you how you're supposed to touch the dog. Because they'll be over there smacking it on the head. And this, um, no, you want to go to the side and rub down the side. I do that more with the children, but with the parents there. So that they're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. So most most adults don't want to hear that they're doing things wrong. Right. You know, they get very defensive, and but if you can, you know, in a very nice way, try to instruct children, then the parents are like, 
Oh, okay. I think it goes in their brain a little bit better. <laughs> I think one of the things we have to recognize is that the the pet has changed. the 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 place in the in the household where the the pet belongs has changed over the last thirty, forty, fifty years. Mm-hmm. Whereas just outside to now being a part of the family, and now you're having more people interact, more professionals who know this information interact with owners. But a lot of it also too comes down to. If families don't know that this is an issue, they won't say anything. So even in, you know, when I was in general practice, at a puppy visit, there's so much stuff that we have to tell you about preventatively, medically. It's really hard to always tell you, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And then some of the stuff we don't even know is happening. And so you have to... But there is a lot of it more information out there. There's too. a lot of good free information. Yeah. I always tell people, just ask me. If you can't afford to hire a trainer, there is so much good free reputable information out there. There's a lot of crap out there too. But yeah, don't, I can, don't get your information from TikTok exactly. At all. I can point people in the right direction, <laughs> oh, yeah. especially during COVID. There was a lot of really great trainers that put a lot of free content out there right. because they felt bad. People were getting dogs during COVID. They couldn't get. You know, there's a lot training. of free content on YouTube. There's really good stuff. So, uh, there, but yes, people can edu- like get educated about this stuff if they really want to. And yeah. I think it was from your Facebook page that I... That pandemic puppy raising? Um, no, huh? there was there was um, a Facebook page you had shared, I believe, a post from Dogs Disclosed. Was it you? And then there was another one that was like, my dog's <laughs> friend or something. Oh, like your that. dog's friend. It's a nonprofit yeah. in Northern Virginia area. It's a nonprofit and they have tons of free webinars on their site. You yeah. And really? They, I, all, I, all I'm kinds. always like signing up for them. I, I know. still follow her page. And, and they, like, oh, they're, all, they're on there. You don't even have to sign up. They always save them on their, their YouTube yeah. page. I mean, it's anything from how to potty train your puppy to what do I do if my dog's guarding their food bowl? And it's like free content. That What's it called again? Your dog's friend. Your dog's it's a friend. Nonprofit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nonprofit. Great. That's cool. Wait, go back a minute. <laughs> you, pandemic puppy raising. There's a there's a Facebook page that was created by a group of positive reinforcement trainers throughout the country. During COVID, people were getting puppies, couldn't get training. They created this Facebook page called Pandemic Puppy Raising, and there's all kinds of free content on there. Really? Oh, that's cool. Like, there's guides of what do I do about puppy biting? What do I? How do I house train my dog? What do I do with my my puppy and my kids? Um, how do I leash train my dog? I mean, it's all on there, free. So yeah, and you're gonna make fun of me with the skink, and you're afraid of a look. No. Things that things that bother are more like. annoying. It's more annoying than anything yeah. else. <laughs> so, Kathy, do you want to explain what positive reinforcement is? Yes. So, um, <laughs> so the old school way of training dogs when I was a kid, long time ago was you forced your dog to do things. So when we taught our dogs to sit as, when I was a kid, we would shove their butt down enough times that they finally gave up and said, okay, I'll do it. They didn't really want to do it. Um, They'd studied dogs for about 30 years now, they meeting scientists, like what a cool job that would be to study dogs. Um, And they've realized that a better way to train dogs and really any mammal is to reward behaviors that you like. So we now know how we train is, for example, for sit, we use a treat put it by their nose, bring it up high, their butt hits the ground, we're going to reward them when their butt hits the ground. We're rewarding them for the correct behavior. Um, The more you do that, the more the dog goes, oh, when she says sit and my butt hits the ground, I get a treat. They learn quicker that way. It's I'm not even having to touch the dog to get him to sit. So I'm not forcing them into a position. They're doing it on their own. They're getting rewarded for it. 
Now, are they expecting a treat even as they get older? No. Nope. So okay. the goal is with positive reinforcement that you phase the treats out over time. Ah. You go from what's called, you go to, go into what's called variable reinforcement. It's a psychological term. I have a master's in psychology. Um, it's starting out rewarding every time when something is new. For example, if you're working on stay, you reward the stay every time. And as the dog understands what it means, maybe you reward every three times they stay. And then every five times they stay until eventually you don't need to reward anymore. They kind of know what it means anyway. Right. Or you don't need you the treat. You don't need the treat. You verbally praise, you know, good job for staying. And that's the thing is, is like animals, they, it, it, you change it. Positive reinforcement in the beginning is definitely something that's a high value treat. Yeah. Just like with kids, you know. That works with kids? Well, so, like, <laughs> it, 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 yeah. I use the example of when you learn how to spell when you were in first oh, grade. Yeah. You got a gold star for getting the word That's right. That's true, yeah. You didn't get punished for getting the word wrong unless you right. went to Catholic school. But I did. But that's how humans learn, right? You get yeah. the word right when you learn how to spell, you get rewarded. That's how dogs learn. That's how uh, yeah. And huh. so and 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 um then you change the positive reinforcement. So from treats to good job, yay, right. excited. You make it exciting. Sometimes I still will throw in a treat once oh, yeah. in a while just to kind of keep right. that going. Consistently, yeah. So it's I use the analogy of slot machines. Why do humans play slot machines? You never know when you're going to get a jackpot. It's That's what variable reinforcement is. You're still going to give them a treat sometimes. So that they go, oh, I'm still going to work for her because I might get something. Right. But you don't have to give a treat every time. That's the that's not the goal of positive reinforcement. So people will say to me, I don't want to train that way because I have to carry treats for the rest of my dog's life. No, you don't. That's not the goal. You carry treats in the beginning when the dog's learning it, but then you phase it out over time. And 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 to inter and and talking about that is all the zoos and aquariums. That's how they get anything Train. done that's how they get blood draws without having to use anesthesia is all positive reinforcement like huh. a tiger will give its tail and you're sitting there feeding stuff to a tiger while you're putting a needle needle in its tail mm -hmm. to get blood to do ultrasounds on an elephant or a rhino or or anything Oof. because they don't want to anesthetize these these animals because it comes with a lot of risk unless you absolutely have to so in order all the quote unquote tricks that you saw, you know, if you ever see world doing all the flips and blah blah blah, that's all positive reinforcement. They get their food and they do it because they want to. They're not forced to do anything. And it it's interesting. Yeah. And it's so it's just like humans, you don't go to work if you don't get a paycheck. The food is their paycheck. Yep. It's right. no different than humans. Yep. And it helps with pet sitting too and dog walking yeah. and getting them out the out the door and praising them that way. Right. Um, and so that's why, yeah, I positive reinforcement is way better than any sort of punishment or because especially with dogs, they don't they don't say your say your dog peed in the morning and you come home at work and they're right there and it's like oh well they have their ears back and it's like well yeah because you're yelling at them. They don't remember that so they the, peed yeah. in so the, the morning. Newspaper to the news. Bad idea. Only if you catch them doing it because it's in the moment. But if it was hours ago, they don't remember that I they still don't punish them even well, in not, the moment. No, yeah. I, I, you can interrupt. You oh, can interrupt. What are you doing? Yeah, let's go outside. Yeah. But you don't want to be like no. Yeah, because then they're just going to do it where you can't see them. Oh, that's true. Right. Yeah. 
I'll I'll defer to you. You know more about dog. I didn't potty train our dogs. Well, yeah, I, well, yeah growing. That's how I was taught too. Like right. you, you know, forty years ago, that's what we knew. Yeah. But now we know better. They've studied it. It's a, yeah. There's an easier way. When you used to rub your dog's nose in it or wipe yep. them with a newspaper, it didn't t- didn't teach them where you want them to go, which is in the grass. All it taught them was else. to be afraid of you. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, I yeah. better not do it in front of her because then I get yelled at. Yeah. So now we know different. Now we reward them for pottying outside right. every time. And then they're like, oh, the light bulb goes off. Oh, when I pee or poop outside, I get a treat. Right? Yeah, that's the place to go. Yeah. How is it? With, I mean, because dogs and cats are completely different when it comes to that. A cat will use a litter box. That's, they... that's an instinctive yeah, thing. That's an, instinct. that's an oh. instinct. They have an instinct to dig and bury their, oh, their feces okay. and uh, their urine. And so if you just tell them, if you just, now it does sometimes, some cats, especially if you change litter and things like that, you have to incorporate their old smell. So sometimes you have really? to. Really? Yeah, because they won't go to the new one. If you're trying to change litter boxes or change litter. I change litter all the time. My cats don't care. Oh, my cats don't <laughs> care either. My cats don't care either. The easy cats. Yeah, but there are I, I cats really who do. are like, that doesn't smell right. And so they'll constantly, like if you wanted to change boxes or change a different type of litter. So sometimes you have to, or a different substrate. So instead of clay litter, you're using clumping litter or pellets or whatever. It's a weird, it's a different, it's a different substrate. It's a different um, material. Um, If you don't take some of their old litter because it has their smell Mm -hmm. on it into the new litter box, sometimes cats won't use it. But in general, oh if you tell, a, if you show a cat where their litter boxes are, it's an instinctive thing. Same with bunnies, rabbits do the same. You can litter train a rabbit, but it's the same kind of an idea because it's an instinctive thing already. Dogs are a whole different ballgame when it comes to. You can train a cat to use the toilet. You can. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. You need, a YouTube. you need a YouTube because now they actually have toilet that's, seats wait, for cats. That, that stuff is actually real. It is real. It is real. They actually, yes. have a real, they actually have a toilet seat for cats. Oh, come on. Yeah. So they don't fall in. It's a training, but it's a training, training. thing so that it starts off, you know, a, I forget. It starts off like So they smaller. don't fall in. Yeah, so they don't fall in and then you. The hole gets Do bigger Do they start off with cat litter in it so no. that. Now and I, I haven't know why done more people it. Want I did pets have one client that had it because it seems like it's easier to train a, ki- a, a pet than a kid. <laughs> it, it's amazing. What about for dogs? Can the dogs? I don't know that you want your Great Dane sitting on your toilet. <laughs> I don't think he would fall in. Where <laughs> they balance might. on a toilet? Yeah, cats can balance on a toilet. I don't know that a dog could. Some dogs could, but I don't know very many dogs who can balance. No. In a, general, maybe a border collie or an Aussie, but. On their two to- on their back feet. Cats can actually use a toilet. Yeah, you need yes. to, you need to YouTube it. Oh, there's several different. Yeah. So, but it's an attachment you got to. You have to the train toilet. them. Well, it's a training tool to train them to use it on the toilet, and then you remove it. It's like it's literally like potty training a kid. You know, you had you had the special yeah. the special seat potty for the seat. potty seat. Yeah, so same idea. I've never done it. <laughs> I don't have experience with it, but yes. And the I things mean, that I would love to do just so I don't have to scoop litter, but... Well, don't they have the new litter boxes where it... Uh, they're like $600. What? They're expensive. They've gotten better, but they're expensive. Ugh. I will tell you the automated litter boxes, it's it's, it's like... I, don't, I never know which cat is going to be okay with it. And you, they're expensive, and so sometimes, especially the, the older versions, they were really ex, like noisy. Did you get him? Please no, he came him. back and got me. Oh. 
um, they they could be really noisy and freak out the cat, or the cat would still be in there going to the bathroom. You know when you go to an automated toilet and you're sitting there, and then all of a sudden it goes off and you're not done yet, yes. and it scares the you know yes. that? Yeah. <laughs> pun intended. Um, it scares the cat, and so the cat you know bolts out of the litter box and then never wants to use it again. I mean. I understand so probably that. a good idea not to use, put one of them if you have one of those toilets. That's also the bidet thing. <laughs> if you use, as long as it's not automat, automated, I don't that know. I think would scare the hell out of the cat. I think that's that would scare the hell out of me. me. <laughs> <laughs> so tell everybody your websites again. So um, my website is myeternalpawprints.com. Mine is www.politepooches.com. And mine's bellarrowpair.com. Actually, where's your place at, Kathy? It's in Forest Hill in the Forest Hill Industrial Park. Now, because you have brick and mortar, so yes. you do strictly training there, or do you go to people's houses? I do too? both. You do both? Mm -hmm. Yep, I do private either at my facility or I go to people's homes as long as they're within 20 minutes of Forest Hill. And it's behavioral and, I guess, obedience? Some, yeah, I, man, like I, call word, it, obedience. I call it manners. It's okay, manners. Yeah, obedience better. is sort of like more competition. Right. I don't really do that. Um, and I do, I don't call myself a behavior consultant. Like I said, that's really yeah. reserved for people that are, but I do some behavior work. You're a be nice consultant. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You um, got to put that on I, your card. I did definitely have referral partners. So anything that's beyond my scope of coverage, like if a dog has a bite history, I refer to somebody that knows more than I do. Right. I got a long list of people I can refer to that know more than I do. Now, where do you service, basically? Any, um, anywhere, Harford, if anybody wants to come to you, Harford I guess. County, yeah, if they want to come to me. Um, Harford County, some parts of Baltimore County. I have people that come from Baltimore City for class because there's really not a lot of well-run positive reinforcement group classes. So I have right. people coming from Canton. I had a guy coming from Westminster for puppy class wow. for seven weeks. Wow. And I, when he called me, I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> and he said, my vet recommended you. I'm like, I'm going to thank your vet, but it's really far. And he did. He came for seven weeks. God bless him on a Saturday. He loved his puppy. He did. Yeah. <laughs> what um, about your employees? How many employees? How many, how um, many I have, teachers do you have? I have um, one, two, three other trainers that work for me that teach classes. And I have four assistant trainers that help with classes right now. Any uh, formal, that formal. Former police officers that were canine? No. Because that's a different they, training, It's a different, it? and they're usually not fear-free positive reinforcement. They are really? usually traditionally heavy-handed shock collar trainers. Yeah. Oh. So it's starting to go the other way. It In is. certain parts of the country, we're starting to see a glimmer of you can train that way, not using aversive methods. So you're seeing the shock, shock collars go away? Uh, we're starting Slowly to in the, in the police world. And I think it also depends on what the dogs are doing. Yeah. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kathy, you may not know this, but I know when we were, I was in a practice in Jersey, we did a lot of law enforcement and we did different law enforcement. So we did the police, we did customs, we did Amtrak. And so some of the dogs that came in were literally bomb, drug, like, batty dogs and right. they 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 want to keep them charged they want to keep them yeah. um but those dogs they were they, they those dogs would come in with a muzzle they didn't like us touching them but they were they would listen to their handler very well but they wanted those dogs to be have a high drive for baddies and and that was what they so they were being trained for what they wanted to right. and they're very well taken care of whereas the beagles were for customs so they're they're smelling out fruit and, and they're in the public and they're in the public that's right 
they're in the public, they're smelling out fruit, they're smelling out, you know, food, you know, well, (laughs) um, the beagles weren't as much for drugs as they were the customs. It was more of agricultural customs and Amtrak kind of a mix of the two. So I think it also depends on whether they're in the public or not. Right. Um, but when you're going after, you know, drugs and guns and bombs and things like that, um, at least the ones that I met, those those dogs are high charge dogs. Like they 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 they, they want to keep them. Like I want to eat you type of a scenario. They're not mean. They're just mm-hmm. really high charge dogs. They're bred to do that work. Yeah, yeah. So they're not going to be living in your house as a pet usually. Some of them. Now, do any of you ever work with? Well, I'm sure you probably do. But do you guys ever work with any service dogs? I do, yeah. I do. I do service dogs. I do have work with service dogs in training. For training? Really? I don't train them. Okay. Um, that's a specialized Legit service set. dogs, not, you know, let me oh, print yeah, out my... Even, that's a whole other yes, thing. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Legit, yeah, like, no, like leader have, dogs. Yes. C- I have C&I dogs, people, stuff that, like that. Um, people that are getting dogs for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I do the foundation training, meaning like the dog needs to know how to come, sit, stay, and then they go to another trainer for the service dog skills. Okay. And she's in Reisterstown. Okay. So I have three right now with me that are doing foundation skills. Um, one, two of them are, three of them are for children with autism. Oh, really? And the dogs are going to interrupt behaviors that they do. Yeah. That's cool. Now, what do you ever get any dogs that you have to sit or walk, Nicole? Like no. that, service dogs? Well, they would be with the person all the time. They have to be with the person all the time. Well, I was wondering because sometimes, you know, like with the lines, we have the leader dogs for people that are blind. But, I, you know, sometimes dogs need your exercise, too. They get it working. They, they're they're with working. Person when if the person's going out. When you're but, seeing, yeah. when, you're, when they're with the person, that's work. That is work. Okay. Yeah, that's huh. it. Yes, that's another whole conversation about service dogs versus therapy dogs versus emotional support dogs. There's a huge difference. Versus versus, versus internet, print my certificate. I got a certificate on the internet. My dog's a service dog. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People lie all the time. They'll say they're my emotional dog. I actually have a blog on my website about it. (laughs) You can print out some. What's it like becoming an ordained minister now? Yeah, pretty much. So the thing is. Universal service dog. Well, there, and I don't want to make light of it. There are legit, legitimate um, animals that are true therapy dogs, that are true emotional support dogs. They've been, like, emotional support. They've been prescribed by a a doctor to a kid or to a person, and and they go through. There are legitimate avenues for those things. Mm -hmm. However, people have taken advantage because they want to carry, they want their, a hundred pound Labrador retriever to be on the cockpit, the, to sit with them they in the airplane. They don't want to pay for a plane ticket for their dog separately. They don't want their dog to be in cargo or whatever. Yeah. They want their dog to go into a store where they don't allow pets. They say they're my service dog. Or they'll apply for an apartment that's a no pets allowed apartment, but right. can't legally and the dogs tell a person. Have zero training. Yeah. And you wow. can, and you can, you know, people have made their own makeshift vests to say that it's a service dog, or they'll say, "Oh, this is my therapy dog," and they'll, they'll, they'll. It's for it's forgery, it's fraud, but there's no, there's no way to. In the United States, there's no national certification for service dogs. There's no right. test your dog has to pass that right. says they're allowed to be a true service dog. Well, maybe in they need. And there's they no, and there's no that. law. 
preventing these people from doing what they're doing. It's almost like in the military, like stolen valor is what it sounds like to me. There needs to be because then it takes away from the legitimate yeah. people that because it takes about two to three years to truly train a service dog till they're right. they're done. They they're bomb proof in public. They don't bark. They don't react to other dogs. They can go anywhere. It takes a long time to train them, and then these people that are faking it, and their dogs are misbehaving in public. I see it all the time in Bel Air and the Target. Um, they're well, not real. Know, over time, I know like if the leader dogs over a certain amount of time, then the dogs retire. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and then it, which is weird. It's almost once they retire, they're done. They're done. They become the pet. Yeah, they're house pets. But it's like 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 a light switch. Oh, you mean the, the dog? The, the change right away. Oh, yeah. They know they're retired and they yeah. Relax. They know they're done. Yeah, yep. They're off duty. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot. That's sad. That I, I mean that anybody could just oh, it's, the stuff it off takes the a lot of willpower on my part when I'm in public to shut my mouth. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it takes a lot. You of too. Willpower. Yes, Nick. I, I think that's what happened. I was in life. Target in Bel Air. This was a couple years ago, and there was a woman with a Great Dane puppy, like adolescent, out of control on a retractable leash with a fake service dog. Oh, vest on. we could have a whole conversation about that. <laughs> I was going to say I need to do a podcast Jumping on this all now. over, and I'm like. Don't even say anything. Just keep shopping because it could have started a whole. And these poor business owners, they're afraid to say anything. Like yeah. They're allowed to say what dog, what services your dog trained to provide. Right. They're, they're not, though. They're allowed to say it in a certain way. But That's they're not the allowed to just be like, why do you need that dog? They're allowed to say what, what, what training? training is your dog. And they're allowed to, if they're only in training... To be a service dog, they're allowed to say no. They're, they don't have to let them in. That's the law. Wow. Believe me, I have researched. <laughs> because I've had business owners call me and go, But you can't this ask is ridiculous. what do you have them for? No, you can't say right, what your that's disability. What I, that's what you you're saying. You can say, yeah. what is your dog being trained to do? But I can, can tell say, you, back when I was driving for Uber. <laughs> I did not know that. Back when I was driving for Uber, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um... <laughs> They they up? had train not yet. They had training, you know, stuff where they were saying like, you can't turn a person away getting into your vehicle if they tell you it's a service dog. You couldn't even now. Granted, this was like six years ago, but you couldn't even ask them if it was a service dog. You had to just basically say, "Uh, okay, your dog's allowed." In but that must car. have been their company policy. Yeah, that's not the law. I they that, they phrased it as that was the, the yeah, law. That's, yeah. But that might have been a yeah. different I think that law was just, six years ago. And for or those whatever. of you listening, yes, Nicole is that young. <laughs> <laughs> super young. Super, super young. That's just, that's just messed up. So the moral up. of the story <clears throat> is don't fake your service dog or your ESA or your yeah. therapy dog. Well, the other thing, too, I know, I know with... Most service dogs, you you cannot go right up and try to pet them. The you dog, al- the dog alone, alone a good working. service dog will will fend you off. Yep. Yeah. You know. Well, you shouldn't go up and pet them. They're working. Right. They're working. Yep. And I think some people with these fake service dogs want to just, just I don't know to show off or what I don't know. They want to get what 
people who need the service dogs get. They want to bring their dog into the. Sh they want to bring their dog into a store because they don't want to leave them at home. They want to. They want to bring them into the cabin of an airplane because they don't want to um, put them in the cargo hold or leave them at home. They. They want to. They want what people with disabilities or whatever have are, have a legitimate reason to have them for. So next thing you know, you're going to see service goats, pigs, dogs. I mean, oh, you have yeah, it? yeah, what? the service peacock or what was it? Oh, get it! Was it yeah, no, that was on the plane. Yeah, a couple of years what? ago. That's why. That's why the airlines have because was it somebody got bit or something like Some, that? Somebody had an emotional support dog on emotional a flight. Support, I think it was quote, Southwest. Yeah, yeah, whether it was Lydia or not, um, on a flight. It was a bigger dog, and it bit the guy in the seat next to him on a flight. Yeah. And that's when the airlines were like, "We're no, done. We're done." Yeah, you're not. You cannot bring them on anymore. Wait a minute. Back up a minute. So a guy was. Did on you say a, a peacock? No, this wasn't the peacock that <laughs> bit. Yes, there yeah, was. No, a guy. Right. Yeah, there was a okay. peacock that. Yeah, somebody, somebody claimed was their emotional support peacock, yeah. and they brought it on a flight, and they yeah. were like, "No." Those things are invasive too. They're they they're a big be, problem they down can in be Florida. Aggressive. Peacocks? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're like like the iguanas and all down there. It's they just. Yeah, blew up. They're everywhere. Well, that's a whole. Do you know what? Story. Everybody went around and told their website again. Did but did you? Yes, yes she, did. Did. she did. Okay. And her she quiet did. little voice. I know. She's time. Oh, skink. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear a scream, that's all it's you got to say. It's it's okay, Nicole. It's my service skink. Well, that's a completely different story. <laughs> You're not a meme skink. that says that. Serv my service skink. You gotta make a meme. Like uh, a service skink. Oh my god. Like, so if I had a skink, you wouldn't come walk it. No. She wouldn't. She'd have a. She'd have an employee. She'd have so an employee. Before, besides the snakes, what other strange things have you gotten? Oh, tell them about the the alpacas. Yes. Oh, Wait, I love yes. alpacas. I have a client in Churchville who has four alpacas. Is that, that's them. not three oaks, is it? I don't know. No, okay, no, no. It's not Pam's. No. Okay. Um, his name's Michael. Okay. Rich knows everybody. Yeah. Well, no, um, but they're on Facebook, the Three Oaks. I'll, I follow them, too. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, she's Instagram. Gonna, yeah, she's going to have some rescued animals oh. out there and all, too. Yeah. No, he, he has, like, a couple barn cats and four alpacas. and. You have to walk the alpacas? No, I she don't walk them. But they do have little harnesses, um, or big harnesses, rather. But... They're funny because I've always been a little obsessed with alpacas. I just think they're adorable. Mm -hmm. they so are when cute. he like contacted me, like I was like, I'll be honest, I don't know how to take care of alpacas, but I can learn. You know, right and, answer. You know, and he he was like, okay, he left me very detailed instructions and stuff, but I was really disappointed because they were very skittish, but. So it's been about three years now, and the last time I had them, it snowed. It was the um, same day I did that wedding over there. Um, it snowed, and they were not out in the field. They were mm -hmm. in the, their stall. stable, stall. stall, whatever you call it, and <laughs> they all let me touch them. I was so ridiculously Aww. happy about it. I got to feed them. They're, they're so soft. They're so cute. And well, I was like, But they oh. spit, too, don't they? Only if they get scared. They, they didn't spit out. So don't me. look at them in the eye. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bring them their favorite treats. Camelids yeah. spit. Well, uh, great. The alpaca is part of the camel. Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alpaca, llamas, camel. It was fun. That's they're, cool. They do look cute. 
They they're so cute. They're cute. Especially the babies. Oh, they're so the cute. Cre- Krias, 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 Krias. Krias. That's what they call baby. Alpacas. So your strangest thing were the llamas. Alpacas. What, or alpacas. <laughs> whatever, just smaller. So what, what's one of those strangest things you've come across there, Kathy? She just does dogs. I just do dogs. <laughs> just do dogs. What's the strangest dog you have? What's the one that doesn't bark? Because that would be kind of hard to train, wouldn't it? Does Isn't that, there a dog that doesn't bark? I've never heard that. Are you talking about a Basenji? Yeah, maybe that's They it. bark. They just make a weird noise, but I just had a Basenji puppy in class. They bark. He was awesome. They sound like you're being murdered. Somebody's being murdered, but they bark. Um, I don't think I've had any really strange. Just normal. I mean, I've had a lot of different breeds. What's the coolest right. breed you've ever seen so far? Uh, I mean, I know now that they're having designer dingo? breeds out. A dingo. <laughs> a dingo. A dingo. It looks like a dingo. <laughs> um, I Oh, yeah, I've had the, I have a neighbor that has Chinese, Chinese crested. Yeah, they look like little rock star dogs. The hair, they, the their hair is all poofy, but then they're hairless. The rest of they, they've got hair on their head, and then they there's some that have fur, and there's some that I are have hairless. seen them. Yeah, but most of the ones are the and typical common them. ones are hairless. Um, I'm trying to think of what. What's the biggest one you've ever? I just had, had an Akita puppy in class. Oh, that was my cute. first Akita. They're cool. He's yeah. gonna be huge. We have an Akita client. He's enormous. Oh, it's the same. No, it's not the same one because she lives in Baltimore County. No, he's, um, he's not a puppy yeah, anymore. Yeah, this one's going to be big. So I've had, Akita. I've had like every breed. What's the biggest one out there? The English Mastiff? Or the um, I've Mastiff? had a bunch of, I had a Borble. What's a Borble? It's an African Mastiff. Yeah. How big is that I've thing? I've never seen He's that. He's huge. There's what are they doing Forest Hill that has like three of them? This was just, they just had one, so I don't think it's the same people, but um, he was pretty big. I have a couple of Mastiff clients. I mean, Bernice Mountain Dog's going to be pretty big, the males. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they can. 130, 140. Newfies get pretty big. Newfies get big, but they're just so like, easygoing. They're usually yeah. pretty easy. I love Newfies. Yeah. Yes. Now, have you had come across anything strange? <laughs> <laughs> strange? I mean, I typically only... Or funny. I mean, because some some animals can be funny. Oh yeah, I typically I typically only help dogs and cats, but I helped out a few mice that entered in my garage. (laughs) Well, no, I'm thinking. (laughs) Well, we didn't help them. I helped them go cross the Rainbow Bridge. (laughs) Oh, you introduced them to a snake. No. Oh, okay. I I helped them. You you euthanized the mice. I did. Well, no, because I'm talking about, like, somebody's had, because some people will have their dogs or cats, but then they have some strange animals, Yeah, too. well, I mean, I I haven't helped anybody's other animals yet because um, I haven't done a lot of them in vet school. So my, my since vet school, my disclaimer is um, I, I'll, I'll let you know that I haven't and I can try, but I, I'm, I have all the drugs to do it. I can do it. What I don't, I, what, it's because I don't do them often, right. non-cats or dogs. It, they'll go, it'll go fine, but if it, I don't know how the family's going to react, so I, I don't know what to expect. But um, I've been to farms um, where they have, sh- I mean, I haven't helped them, but they have sheep, they have horses. Um, I, I have, there's a client I helped, um, their, their living room, I think they have four or five different types of, um, like, parrots, cockato- uh, cockatoos, Parrot, African Grey, and a and a couple of macaws. So we're sitting oh, there I mean, trying to do a hospice, <clears throat> a hospice 
um, appointment for their dog, and all you hear is the squawking. The bird squawking. Did anyone <clears throat> talk to you until you stopped that? Yeah, right. I, you know, they'll have, oh, I helped out a family. They literally, I didn't help out the guinea pigs, but I helped out the family with their dog. And they, they wanted to show me the, the pens they made for Aww. 10 guinea pigs. Ten. 10. Yeah, they have 10 guinea, they're different pens. They have like separated, but they had 10 guinea pigs in different colors. And <clears throat> I'd never wow. seen them that color before. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. I have a friend who has a hedgehog. Her daughter has a hedgehog. We have a client with a hedgehog. Yeah. Um, Did you meet Tobin? Did you no, I don't think Tobin? so. I don't think I've met Tobin. I'm trying to they think. don't get that big, though. Or am I thinking of a chinchilla? Yeah. No, they're, they're little. A little like smaller this. than a chinchilla. They they're are? Hedgehogs? Yeah. yeah. They're round. They're about a base, between a baseball and a softball size. They remind me of like a miniature porcupine. Because they're in the porcupine family. <laughs> oh, they are? Yes. Oh. <laughs> See, you knew things. I, I <laughs> never had a hedgehog. Yeah. Yep. I had a porcupine either. I'm trying, Same porcupine. Oh, well, I did think of a cool breed I had who I fell in love with. It's a Dutch breed. It's called a Quaker Hundy. Never heard of it's that. It's they uh-huh. call it a Quaker. Um, it's a little. It looks spanielish. It's a couple in Bel Air that that got her, and um, we all fell in love with her. It's a cool breed. It's an AKC breed, newer breed, um, little brown and white. She's probably like twenty pounds. Cool, real smart dog. Looks like an English Spaniel. Bringer, but smaller? Uh, thinner built. <clears throat> okay. Super smart. Real sweet. Huh. They had met one through a family member in another state, and people just love her. Yeah. So that was a cool. So it's from the Netherlands. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Anyway. Um, no, but that reminded me of someone. I helped out. Um, I had the honor of there is a breeder in the area who bred. Um, she doesn't do it anymore, but she bred um, bloodhounds. And I, oh, wow. I'd never, I'd never actually seen a bloodhound, even like all of oh, my really? time that I've ever, so like, skin. To, yes. I know. <laughs> I mean, I've seen hound dogs in general, but I'd never met one in all of my years of being in the veterinary profession, even as a technician. And, um, I had the honor, sh- this was her last, her last one. Um, she give, uh, you know, she'd stopped breeding for years. This was her last one that she kept. And so he was sick and ill, but um, so I helped. I helped him cross the Rainbow Bridge. But that was an honor to. She'd been breeding bloodhounds for like neon, neon twenty years, thirty years, um, and um, so I had the honor of helping her and helping him um, with the bloodhound. So that was really cool. Um, that was a cool experience. So. Where did that term Rainbow Bridge come from? It comes from a poem. Okay. Um, that it's an anonymous author. But um, I can give you, uh, I can, when we're done here, I can give you a copy of it. But if the, the, basically the poem talks about, um, I'll meet you at the Rainbow Bridge, so I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> I'll be, when it's your time, I'll be waiting for you at the end of the rainbow on the bridge over there. To, and, and we'll go run and jump and play and basically... Aww. Because I mean, I, mean, I, I see cry people. just when you talk about it. Like I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah. I see people post that all the time. Yeah. Like they went over to Rainbow Bridge. I'm like, that's where this? it comes from. It's from this poem. I don't know how old it is, but yeah, that's where it's. And it's like I said, it's an anonymous author. Right. Yeah. And it's reprinted like 50 million times. Oh yeah. All you wow. have to do is Google Rainbow Bridge, and you'll see. I can give you a copy. I have it. It's. Yeah. It's very comforting. I think that's the reason why it's so popular because it really hits home of what you want for your pet 
and that your pet will be there when it's your time right to meet you um and that you'll just go on and be happy in heaven you know oh. and that's it it really and all of your pets will be there and they'll yeah. miraculously get along that's right <laughs> True. that's right because everything is wonderful in heaven yeah that's what they say i recently told a family i guess you know i kind of pick up on you know what the pets do and you know like you know the labrador retriever is gonna go chase this or you know like the pimple is gonna go after the bunnies or the squirrels or whatever so or the terriers right and so as as i'm helping the pet i'll talk about how well now you can go chase the squirrels and they'll let you catch them <laughs> and that's, that's what happens the family starts laughing um and so it just tries to make the whole moment a little bit easier right so. It was a year ago that we put Marley. That you put Marley, Marley to sleep. A year ago, weekend. really? Oh, mm-hmm. it was Memorial Day weekend. Marley, that's right. You had that a dog named Marley. I had a Bob Marley. Uh, oh, don't worry, be happy. Because he was he was a black standard poodle, and we said if we let his hair grow, he'd have black dreadlocks. Yeah, so he was named Bob Marley. So was that Marley. was last Memorial Day oh, weekend. Okay. Okay, I was thinking of the movie Marley. No, and Marley he's not a Marley in me. No, he's okay. a poodle. Yeah. So Lacey, Marley, and full size poodles, the big yeah. ones. Yeah, standard. Oh, they're cool. I like them. She's got she's got a new one now, Jenny. Yeah. We met were someplace, yet. and the lady was breed golden doodles. Oh, don't talk to her about golden doodles. Uh, <laughs> oh, they were pretty cool. They're cool dogs. Okay, never mind. I love doodles. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like doodles too. I love them, but they can be a little bonkers, <laughs> depending on the breeding. He's recording. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have anything to add whatsoever? I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to think. I think we've covered a lot. Give give your phone numbers. Oh. Give your websites, but tell everybody your phone numbers to get in touch with you, too. So for my business, which is Eternal Paw Prints Veterinary Hospice, it's 410-777-8557. Polite Pooches is 410-533-9926. Your pet au pair is 410-989-1533. I want to thank Kathy, Nicole, and Dr. Shannon for coming on the podcast. And hopefully you all learned something from all that. Now, you've heard me talk about Nicole and Dr. Shannon before because they're both sponsors of the podcast. And if you need a pet sitter or dog walking, you want to contact Nicole. Just go to com, And again, I'll have the links for all their stuff in the show notes. And if you need Dr. Shannon, go to myeternalpawprints.com. Again, that's myeternalpawprints.com. Either way, both of them will take care of what you need. And it's... I know a lot of people don't want to call Dr. Shannon, but there comes a time when... Um, Unfortunately, our pets need to go over the Rainbow Bridge. And believe me when I tell you, having her come to your house and taking care of that is, it'll make you feel so much more comfortable. If you have any other pets, it'll make them feel comfortable. The same with the children. And with Nicole, I can't express enough how awesome she is with her pet sitting and dog walking. She's been doing it for a while now. And she has gone out. She's gotten certifications, as you heard, and people trust her. And that's 
that's the big thing. She is just amazing at what she does and has the awards and, of course, the certifications to prove it. As far as a recommended podcast, so I found one, and they talk about animals, of course, because I had to find something about animals, <laughs> but it's called The Animal Files Podcast, exposing the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care. I'll have the link in the show notes for that as well. So check that out. I want to remind everybody, if you would like to come on to the podcast, if there's somebody that you would like me to get on or a subject you want us to talk about, email me at rbennett at com or go to conversationswithrichbennett.com. Click on the Be A Guest link and fill out the form. And please subscribe to the podcast and leave any reviews. And you can do all that at conversationswithrichbennett.com. You'll find the links there for it as well. So, again, I want to thank you all for listening. And please send me any ideas or guests. I will be taking a short break from recording in December because, well, those of you that know me, that's my month. I have to take care of some other things. And, uh, yeah, so I won't be recording, but hopefully it'll give me time to catch up on all the podcasts that I have recorded that I haven't posted yet. Until next time, my name is Rich Bennett. Stay safe, and thank you for joining the conversation.